Ciao to the latest internet sensation. Nine. We are YOLO. YOLO. Can I say hi? Hi. Seven. I think we need to stick to a plan. Six. I just got bitten by a bullet. I don't even think Five. I have to react to that one. This Four. is Triple M's Summer Breakfast. With Seb Costello and Lawrence Mooney. Lawrence Mooney, hello. Good morning, Seb. Uh, it's a very balmy morning out there. I enjoyed riding around by the lake and uh, cycling into work. Your think... ability to just push the sweat away is exceptional. You have ridden in from Armidale. Mm-hmm. Looks like you've just popped out of bed. You are fresh as a daisy. There is no sweat and no odour. Just thank you very much. Yeah, I think if you're a bike rider in the workplace, you owe it to your fellow workmates to make sure that your personal hygiene is of a premium. Yeah, well, yours is top notch. Thank you very much. And it's the nice New York to... Rangers t-shirt on today. I didn't yeah. know you were an ice hockey fan. Uh, I, I think that the New York Rangers or the ticketing system in New York funnels Australians into <laughs> Madison Square Garden because they just say that all other sporting events are unavailable because I've seen so much Rangers livery around. Yep. And I ran into other Australians at the game. I thought something is happening here and we're being corralled into this. But yeah. Uh, enjoy a bit of ice hockey. It's fun. They've cleaned that game up a lot. Mm-hmm. They, they used to have a lot of biffo in that game, but not as much anymore. Well, there is a theory that they don't have the off-field indiscretions that we might have at AFL, and we'll get to that a bit later this morning, mm-hmm. because they are allowed to fight on the field. Right. So all the aggro gets out, the ref pulls you apart, and there's no you know outstanding tension between the players because you've worked it all out. Mm. Like there's, gentlemen. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of theories on that, uh, and we're going to talk about it shortly, you know, men having those boys' night out. You've got to let that steam off. And I was speaking to a, an insurance investigator who said there's this, this huge explosion in arson because we don't get to play with fire anymore. <laughs> Remember the backyard, you know, incinerator and most barbecues you'd light a fire or you could just light a fire for the hell of it. We don't get to play with fire, and it's one of our instinctive needs. Is he suggesting we need to get back to that and we yeah. need to be allowed to light more fires? That's right. You know, yeah. get fire clubs together. Get get around the fire pit, boys. That's fascinating. Would he speak to us? Um, well, I sat next to him on a plane, so yep. uh, I don't know whether I can get a hold of him again. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there, ask an investigator. Well, he, uh, he lit fires for a living. All sorts of materials, all sorts of environments, because they walk into a, a fire and go, it started there, and this is what the materials ah. were used. So his life is just making fire. That's amazing. Did you see Tony Abbott's been on Gumtree? Yes, I love this story. Yeah. Tony and Margie uh, bought a fridge on Gumtree, a Daewoo fridge too. And uh, the person who sold the fridge um, said, you know, they'd been dealing with a woman called Margie. And when the couple rolled up to get the fridge, uh, it was clear that it was the former PM and his wife. And the guy described him as just a regular dude in a baseball cap. Well, to be fair, Tony probably broke his previous fridge at that party they had the night Malcolm Turnbull became Prime Minister. <laughs> the Everybody spill party. else got broke that night. Well, there was um, two people wrestling uh, that broke the table. Uh, one, broke, one guy broke his leg, if yeah, I recall. After trying to um, tackle Tony Abbott and missing. So Tony obviously fended him off. Apparently, uh, the XPM had his shirt off for a time. So it was a real boys' night out. He's, he's quite partial to getting his shirt, shirt off, off, to be yeah. fair. doesn't <laughs> mind getting Tony, out the Tony, big barrel chest. Uh, yeah, we don't need budgie smugglers at the uh, spill party. <laughs> it's rather, I suppose it's one way of getting through parliamentary security pretty easily. You're clearly not carrying too much when you're uh, in the budgie smugglers. I would have thought there's lightning in South Melbourne. I've heard the uh, rumbling thunder. Yeah. And uh, the rain is coming down, so... Uh, it's a good day to be on a bike. <laughs> yeah, mate, aren't you glad you rode in when you did? <laughs> <laughs> to be a lightning rod. So tell me this. Do you mm. know anything about weather, Seb? Uh, does thunder always accompany lightning or does lightning always accompany thunder or are they two separate entities? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm, well, I'm pretty certain depending on where you are, if you are within sort of a certain area of the lightning, you will hear thunder. Okay. That's my take on it. Hyphen, you got anything on the lightning or the thunder? Do you know whether they live together or are they separate entities? I've always thought they were together, but I wouldn't really know. Mm. Right, you've just married them in your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's not something that keeps me up at night. (laughs) No. Thinking about if they're together or not. I think they're on. Yeah, I think right. they're pretty committed. It's not one of these sort of open relationships where one (laughs) can be in a different place or in the other. They are definitely... Right, it's they're, they're on. They're on together. One triple three five three. what's it like where you are? We're getting sort of light... 
thunder and the odd flash of lightning where we are in South Melbourne. But mm. what can you tell us? We need a few amateur weather reporters. One triple three five three. Let's go to Anna at Point Cook. Hey guys, how are you? Yeah, good, Anna. Can you bring a little bit of common sense yeah. to this discussion? Um, so thunder is actually the sound of lightning. Um, so the reason that thunder happens after lightning is because sound travels slower than light. Ah. Yes. Now, and I recall doing this at primary school, perhaps, whereby essentially one second between the lightning and the thunder is one kilometre from where you are to the, where the lightning is. Is that your understanding? Approximately, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it depends on how close you are and how um, quick the lightning has struck. Um, so the speed of the light also has an effect on how far away it is and in correspondence to like where you are located and how long it takes for the sound to travel to you. Anna, you have explained that so beautifully. Are you a teacher? No, I'm not. I'm just a bit of a science buff. Right, okay. Scientist Professor Anna from uh, Point Cook, thank you very much. I've also had uh, some people tweeting uh, me. Joey, who is the bassist for Cold Red Mute, said, uh, "It's thunder is the sound of lightning hitting the earth, third grade science. So the cruel irony is, if you were actually struck by lightning, some second or so later, you'd hear the thunder and go, well, thanks for the warning. <laughs> Adrian's at Mornington, mate. What are the conditions like? You're down by the bay. Good morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, me and me, mate, Scotty, we're just heading towards the city on the Monash, and uh, just before the uh, Burnley Tunnel, there was a big flash, and we were struck by a lightning. It either hit the car, or it was just beside us, and then within two or three seconds, it's just a massive clap of thunder. i got some good news, Adrian. It's very unlikely to happen twice. Oh, hopefully. So, uh, ha what was it like when you felt like you were struck by lightning? Was there a big boom, or was the oh, car shaking, or did it... Spark? No, what happened? Just, just a big bang. Uh, yep. There's a massive glow. And even now, 10 minutes later, we both have like pins and needles in our legs. Really? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Struck by lightning. Adrian of Mornington. That's extraordinary on your drive to work. Yeah, it's made a bit exciting. So just before the Burnley Tunnel? Yeah, it's probably about a kilometre out before the Burnley Tunnel, heading into the city, yeah. Goodness me. And Dustin Martin will be feeling... Pretty sorry this morning. Yeah, he's uh, embroiled himself in a little bit of uh, controversy. He was at Mr Miyagi in Chapel Street, and uh, he's going to have to face the club and answer for his actions. Mm, well, he was down there yesterday meeting with Dan Richardson and other Richmond officials, and this followed an allegation or followed a complaint by a 30-year-old woman who was in the restaurant Mr. Miyagi on Chapel Street in Windsor with Dustin Martin after he'd attended the Stereosonic Music Festival on Saturday night, according to some social media posts. Uh, Martin admits that he was intoxicated and the woman went up to him to ask him to calm down and uh, behave himself, at which point he threatened to stab her with a chopstick. He also said he was going to kill her. Mm. And then when she said that she would be making a complaint to the club, Martin punched a wall right near where she was. And this woman, I believe, Seb, is known to you. Yeah, well, I know the, the lady who, was, who made this complaint, and she's a strong girl and she'll move on from this. But having said that, she's also one to call out inappropriate behaviour, and that's exactly what she would have been doing. And if she felt the need to call the club and inform them that Dustin's was off the mark with what he was doing, then that would suggest to me, knowing her, that he really was doing the wrong thing. So a uh, footballer in the off-season hits the booze maybe a little bit too hard and uh, makes a mockery of himself. Is it front-page news because he's threatened a woman or because he's a footballer? Dustin Martin called in for crisis talks at Punt Road yesterday after he threatened to kill a woman in a restaurant down in Windsor. She made a complaint using the name Tracy to the Seven Network last night. I noticed a rather inebriated Dustin Martin sitting at the bar, drinking shots in and out of the bathroom. He reacted extremely angrily, very, very agitated, began swearing at me, standing over me physically. It was extremely intimidating. Physically stood over me, held a chopstick above my head and threatened to stab me in the face with a chopstick. And he said, you're going to dob on me? And I said, well, I will be calling the club on Monday, to which he reacted by slamming his hand next to me, next to my head, into the wall which at that point was obviously extremely terrifying. Footballers are something that young kids look up to, especially young boys. And if we're going to condone that kind of behaviour, what, what sort of message does that give? Yeah. 
Not a good look for Dusty Martin. One triple three five three. What should Richmond do? Should they punish Dusty Martin? What's the appropriate response? How do they handle this situation? One triple three five three. Give us a call or hit us up on Twitter at MMM Hot Breakfast. I don't think you know. Uh any of us think that the death threat was genuine, but if someone fears for their safety, then that's not good enough. And, uh, you know, he was mucking around. She she said that uh, he was doing shots at the bar, going back and forth to the bathroom. And then I think the what happens then is once, you know, somebody gets right up in your face and they're screaming uh, and, you know, he hits the wall beside her head, I think that's the... The deciding factor there, it's like you're getting kind of too violent. You're getting violent. And uh, and there's an implication that it might, you know, tip over. She was frightened and uh, I think she had a cause to call the club and say, come on, you know, call him in, have a word to him. And what makes this even worse for Richmond is that it's such a good time for them at the moment. They've just announced their seventh straight profit. They've made finals three years in a row. Okay, they haven't had the breakthrough victory, but this is a club that really is on the right page after a difficult 10 to Mm. 15 years. And Peggy O'Neill, of course, a lot made of the fact that, you know, there is now a woman in that position of leadership as the president of a football club, which has been a great step forward for the industry and for Richmond. And she will hate the front page of the paper, with one of her stars, somebody who is probably the highest paid player on the list or would certainly be mm. among the highest played pl- players at Richmond after he you know, put off negotiations with the Tigers, on the front page of the paper threatening a 30-year-old woman. And as Hyphen uh, pointed out, uh, Dustin Martin is very unlucky this week because there's nothing else happening in football. Yeah. He's on the back of the age, he's on the front of the Herald Sun and... That image is going to stick around for a couple of days. Yeah, and if he was clever, though, he would be taking that and making the most of that. You know, actually, for once, the spotlight is off you to a certain extent. You're not running out there every weekend for the Tigers. So, you know, just hang out with your mates, go down to the beach somewhere, train, you know, concentrate on your football. Don't be running around stereo sonic. Yeah, it's pretty loose behaviour. And uh, we want to talk to Tigers supporters. What do you reckon you should do? Or we should do with Dustin Martin. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a couple of different avenues they can do. Of course, they could lay a fine. I'm wondering, you know, should he miss senior games? No. I mean, he, I, I don't, I, I reckon that's probably quite extreme. But look, the Tigers play Fremantle in Mandurah on the 19th in the NAB Challenge. I don't think it could be appropriate to stand him down for that. To just say, look, you know, nobody was physically injured here, but clearly your threats and some of the words that you've made, mm. you know, were inappropriate. One triple three five three. want to hear from you to get your thoughts. I don't know. What do you think about that, Lawrence, standing him down from the NAB challenge? Well, you know, football is what he loves to do, and uh, that's going to speak to him. I mean, you know, you can go through a number of educational courses with him, but what speaks most loudly to Dustin is football. That's mm. his language. That's his currency. Ned from Maribyrnong, what do you think the Tigers should do with Dustin Martin? I think absolutely seeing him down from the NAB challenge and a pretty hefty fine would be on par. Like I was saying before, I've worked security in Chapel Street for many years and uh, seen people arrested for a lot less. So I would go so far as to say that, you know, that might even be a call that the cops have a chat to him about how serious threatening life can be. Good call, Ned. Thanks for joining us on 13353. Dan Richardson from the football department down there at the Tigers was out yesterday giving a response to Richmond members. This is uh, certainly a bit of a hiccup, something that he's not happy about, neither are we. This was an issue involving alcohol on the weekend, but that's not to say it's an ongoing issue, but this issue on the weekend is certainly something that we'll talk to Dustin about and um, and work through that and um, and go from there. Mark from Q, how should the Tigers handle Dustin Martin? Well, for starters, I'm not a Richmond supporter. I'm, I'm a blood supporter, so I'm not sticking up for him because of any allegiances, but... What's wrong with uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty? He's apologised for it, Mark. Sorry? He's apologised and said I did the wrong thing. What other way can you do this once somebody's made a, a, a blanket statement about you that's, de- that's defamed you? No, it's not. Yes, well, what? he doesn't think it's defamed him, Mark. He's rung the woman and said, I'm sorry, I behaved appallingly. That's been public... That's in the public domain? Yeah. Yeah, so... So do you think that's enough, though? He's made that statement to her. I'm, I apologise. I was out of line. Do, we, do you think we should just let the story die there and, and leave him alone? Well, yes, personally, I do. Terrific, mate. Thank you for your call. A lot to discuss with Tiger supporters. Keep your calls coming. One triple three five three. We'll see where this one goes. But, yeah, I guess the important thing, as Mark does flesh out, is that the apology has been made. 
it seems like the woman accepts this apology. So, you know, that's the first step. And now just, I guess, Richmond will be working with their stakeholders, their members, their sponsors uh, to try and come to a resolution that's acceptable. And I think probably at the heart of it is, you know, alcohol abuse, just going too hard for too long and just be... We've all got to be conscious of that, you know. Have a couple of waters in there and settle down, especially this time of year. Don't let things escalate. I want to move on from the Dustin Martin situation for mm. now, but a few tweets coming through. Sarah Louise on Twitter, he should be fined and the fine should go to a women's charity for violence against women. Uh, there's a few along those lines. Alistair says, charge him with threats to inflict serious injury. Cam says, make him play for Richmond. That's a bit harsh, would have thought. No, serious situation. <laughs> but uh, we'll come back to that a bit later on in the morning, the Dustin Martin situation. But, Lawrence, you were telling me off air mm. you're a bit of a stupid man. Well, from one stupid man to another. Um, I get up very early in the morning to be here for summer breakfast. Uh, I get up at four because I like to shower and get a breakfast in me. And as you can tell, because of my svelte appearance, I'm actually on a diet at the moment. I know. Eat fit food are delivering to my house every day, my food parcel. And so I hear the van pull up this morning. I thought, okay, great. Breakfast's here. And I go out the front door. My dog Rupert follows me out. And boom, the door shuts behind me. No key. Now, I was trying my very best to be as quiet as I could to let my wife and child have a sleep in and not disturb the house at 4 a.m. So now I've got to start the knocker on the front door. And uh, that it just it just sounds like you're letting off a bomb, really. So I'm trying to do it quietly, but I can't rouse my wife from her sleep without really thumping on the front door. And then... I knew it wasn't working. She must have been, you know, in a dream state. So I got out the front and I was yelling out, Lou, Lou. (laughs) So the neighbours could hear me. Uh, She eventually came downstairs and just opened it and just had that kind of quizzical look on her face. It's got an expression. Um, There's probably a swear word in that expression somewhere. You stupid man. And um, I just felt just so dumb. So bad. And the dog's sitting there with me, looking up at me, just going, how could you let that happen? I felt actually like Fred Flintstone. Now, remember, you too young for the Flintstones? No, I'm probably more the John Goodman real-life people remake, right. but I am quite familiar. Because, of course, the end of the Flintstones, uh, Fred puts the milk bottles out and the door slams behind him, and he's left in the street uh, in downtown Bedrock yelling out, Wilma! And that was me this morning. I am a, a stupid man. There is... You, it's a disarming you, feeling when that door slams behind you, I'll uh, tell you. And the amount of self-loathing and rage at yourself you can generate at four o'clock in the morning when mm. you have made a mistake is tenfold to any other time of the day. <laughs> time to check in with the Melbourne Football Club and who better than the 2015 best and fairest, Bernie Vince. Good morning. G'day, guys. How are you going? Mate, I see on your Twitter that you are a bit of a golfer. Who do you model yourself after? Are you a Tiger Woods, a John Daly? An Allenby? Uh, you haven't given me much choice. <laughs> Peter um, Senior? No, I've only just sort of, honestly, I've only just started getting into golf. Um, the guys at Puma looked after me with a set of sticks. So I thought, right, there's no excuses now. So it's only sort of been the last month and a bit. So catching up to guys, well, he's not at the club now, but Jeremy Howe and Chris Dawes and Watsy and all that, they're, they're elite. So I thought, oh, I better get trying. Not be embarrassing, at least on the golf course. So I'm not. I'm not in their category yet. <laughs> I reckon Dorsey'd be pretty exceptional at the golf fashions. <laughs> Very good. Very good in that area. He looks the part. That's for sure. So Bernie, you boys would be ripping right into summer training now. And how are the D's looking? Yeah, good. It's been really exciting. I guess every team says that at the moment with uh, just having the draft and you guys coming in, but. Um, yeah, it's a really big uh, development year for our, um, our group and. Uh, really important pre-season for us with our new sort of game style that we yep. want to play. And, um, you know, we've got some good game time into some younger guys last year. And, um, you know, since I've come to the club, um, you know, we've stepped it up sort of each year. So this is my third year. It's gone pretty quick. It seems like I'm only just getting over here into Melbourne. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit huge year for us and um, we're really setting ourselves to do well. Great stuff. And mate, we're in the middle of the sort of key year for the coaching transition too. Do you think that Goody Simon Goodwin will take on a bit more responsibility this year? I see that he's going to be coaching some of the NAB Challenge games. Yeah, he certainly has. He's, um, yeah, when he first came in, he sort of, um, you know, had a immediate impact and 
Um, you know, he's, as you mentioned, he's going to coach some of our NAB challenge this year. But I think where is he? He's been through that situation before at Sydney with John Longmire, and that worked perfectly for them. So um, he's been through it before, which is a positive thing for us. And um, you know, he sort of steps back and let that's good. He do. Uh, all the most of the hard things I think whereas he's taken getting a bit slack but um <laughs> no nah, he's he's been good they work it off each other really well and um it's been good really good for the mm. group yeah two fabulous football minds and uh I think it spells a, a big future for Melbourne and of course uh with Christmas coming it's a, a great time for Melbourne supporters to get in and get that membership yeah certainly um I think uh we're up to you know we I think last year we set a record for our club, so we're we're looking to do that again and hopefully more. So, um, as I said, it's a really exciting uh, year. The you know been through a bit of pain over the last few years, mm. or or certainly in the three four years ago. So um, I think the the loyal supporters, Melbourne, have got well, I say the most loyal supporters in the league because uh, they could easily have jumped off at any stage. So the guys that have stuck around with us. Um, are the very loyal ones, and um, they're always certainly out in force when oh, we yeah. when we play, and they deserve a, you know some some success as well. So we're we're playing for them as well, and well, you, you, we're all as one. So hopefully they can all sign up and get on board. But I know we've signed a fair few already. So um, and the season's still a fair way away. So we're we're looking in good shape. Twenty four thousand at the moment, heading uh, hoping for a top of forty thousand. So good luck to that. Hey, just one last one before we leave you, Bernie. Tex Walker and Nick Kyrgios uh, seem to be just getting to know each other over the past few months. I saw that you decided to just remind Nick just exactly who Tex Walker was. Yeah, I did. I think I did retweet that. I tried to keep out of it as much as I could, and I got warned to keep out of it, but I couldn't help myself out one day. So, um, oh, he's pretty active on Twitter, the old Tex. So, I think um, Nick should know doesn't... better than trying to poke the bear. I wouldn't want yeah. Tex Walker trying to blue with me. Oh, no, he's a big man, but... Um, yeah, they had a bit of a clash one. It was actually pretty entertaining from <laughs> watching from afar. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah he, he certainly doesn't hold back on Twitter, Tex, and he, he really pushes the limits in terms of getting fined and getting in trouble. So he um, <laughs> keeps the media manager at Adelaide very busy uh, when he's tweeting. So I know when, when I live with him, every tweet he sent, basically he got a call from the media guy. <laughs> so he's, uh, he certainly pushes the limits. And I'm sure, like a good mate, you were probably encouraging him to tweet it every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, you do it. You do it. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea, Tex. Bernie Vince of the Melbourne Football Club, terrific to catch up with you, and good luck for the rest of the preseason. No worries. Thanks for having us, guys. Cheers, Bernie. Bernie Vince, he is a good fella. I, yeah, I reckon when they were housemates and Tex says to Bernie, do you reckon this is a good idea to tweet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the advice would have been so honest. Bernie Vince is a ripper, Lawrence. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's a great guy. I could really see Chris Dawes too out there on the golf course just rocking some exceptional <laughs> strides. And not John Daly style, the more traditional, you know, with the maybe the a socks plaid? tucked in. Yeah, definitely oh, a, a plus plaid. four. Yeah. Right. Is and that a what nice cap. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of you breacher, if you like. Mm. Yes. Yeah. No, exceptional. And uh, I've known that he's a good golfer as you, well. You are, you're a man that enjoys sartorial splendor. And you're an expert on pants too. Are we going to share with uh, our Triple M friends what's happened to the seat of your pants today, Seb? I don't think so, no. I don't think we need to go there, do we? Because uh, Seb's had a blowout. Beautiful. <laughs> you've got a beautiful suit ready to present on Cow. National 9 News later no. tonight. And you've bent over and you've done the old comic timing yeah. split trouser. No, I'm just trying to show you my... Moon man there, yeah. Lawrence Mooney, okay. to give you a view of what I think about this topic. Well, well I The blowout think... didn't happen today. Didn't it? It happened, no, it happened a few weeks ago. And these... So you've taken to the road on a puncture, as it were. Yes. <laughs> I put these, I actually uh, put these aside. I tried to quarantine them. Mm -hmm. But similarly to you locking yourself out of the house at 4am, mm. when I went to get dressed this morning at 4am, I've taken the wrong pair of strides and there's a rather... Large hole in the back of them. And I can say uh, from all of us here at Triple M, thank goodness you're wearing underwear. I always Otherwise, wear, we'd, have a Kravitz, we'd have a Kravitz situation. I on. always wear underwear, <laughs> and they're very comfortable underwear, and they are dark underwear. So I got away with it for about an hour mm. until Hyphen noticed it. Why he is looking at that part of my body, I will never know. Well, we, we were just checking you out as you walked out of the studio, and Hyphen said there's a problem. 
We could have let you go this throughout the day. This is a conspiracy, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you guys have been we cooking doing this the right segment thing. up for the better part of 40 minutes, haven't you? <laughs> we didn't take the ass out of your trousers. <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, you know what, Hyphen? You can sew them back up. How would you like to do that? Really? Yep, yep. I've got a sewing kit for you. I, uh, I'll I give that a shot. I reckon those pants might be on their way to the Brotherhood. Then again, why would you send something that's already ruined to the Brotherhood? Maybe just straight in the bin. (laughs) Exactly. I'll pick holes in you in a minute, Ivan. Courtney Barnett, the Melbourne singer, has just been nominated uh, for the Best New Artist category at the Grammys. That's a tremendous effort. Uh, She took a couple of arias away too. Uh, Best Female Artist and Best New Performer, I think, or something of that nature. So uh, we're owning her now. Of course, she was one of those artists that went to America. Um, America went, you're awesome. And then we went, yeah, yeah. she's ours. Look at that little Aussie on the big yeah. stage. Because, of course, uh, she's a Melbourne girl mm. and she writes songs about this fair city, including Depreston, which uh, was a little bit of. Very much so. Talking about the real estate market here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because she uh, appeared on Ellen and uh, was endorsed by Ellen and then things started to turn around for her. So it would be very nice for her to take away the Grammy Award, that little gramophone statuette there. That is something. Be a nice thing to have on the mantelpiece, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Next to your Oscar or Well, what would you prefer, an Oscar, an Emmy or a Brownlow? An Oscar. You take the Oscar? I'll take an Oscar. I'll take the Brownlow. Really? Yeah, that's good. We're not competing. No, that's good. We can all share. We've also got no hope of winning (laughs) either of those things. Oh, but to dream. And I would never want to have to go one-on-one with Lee Sales, Lawrence. But I tell you what, uh, if there was one man that could do it, it's our Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. He will be with us later in the show too, Seb. Uh, You know we've got a hotline to the PM's office. It's like Very um, good friend of yours. Absolutely. Like Commissioner Gordon and Batman, I pick it up and it's like the moon man's calling, so I better answer. What is the moon man light signal that we put up in the sky to call you to it's come to our rescue? It's quite confusing because it's just, it's the moon. Uh, it's like, is that the moon? Yeah, no, it's a... You must be very busy. <laughs> but yeah, he was on last night, Malcolm Turnbull, and uh, on Lee Sales' program, the 7.30 report, and it's getting a fair bit of attention because of this exchange. The risk that this issue could turn into a running sore for you the way that, say, Craig Thompson turned into for Julia Gillard. Well, Lee, again, I'm sorry we've, you've lost interest in innovation. There's and, lots uh, of issues we can walk and chew gum at the same but, time. No, well, it, well, the problem is we can't. You well, see, we, we can't can chew gum at the same if, time because... Look, I, I, look you know, if every guest on the program came on and they only got to talk about what they wanted to talk about, it would be a very different you, program. Think, now, listen, how let, me, to, let me ask let you this me, question. How interested me, do you think I ask the your audience on are? This are I, think they're very, <laughs> I think they're very interested, frankly. Oh, they went questions. toe-to-toe. Yeah, well, we'll ask the Prime Minister about that later in the program. You're fascinated with my postcard career. I'm obsessed career. with it. Yeah, well. Because obsess- I, I had no idea that you were on the program, mm. and then you dropped it in one of our conversations before we started on air together. And I thought, geez, kept that they, one under, under wraps. Lavinia Nixon, Bridget McIntyre. Glenn Moriarty, who's still on the show, it's a it's a winner, and uh, some some that is the all Australian postcards lineup. Yeah, it's a it's a ripper, and I'll give you a little bit of the theme. Postcards, or won't you send me? So, uh, yeah, it's a Record very well-known that hyphen, theme. <laughs> get rid of my version of Michael Jackson's Ben, and Lawrence Mooney's postcards will be our throw from now on. That's no, you asked ask for it. I don't think you heard no me. How does he possibly... Oh, really hyphen, hyphen, hyphen. You struggle to get grabs at the best of times, and yet you can somehow pull my Michael Jackson's well, Ben with two seconds my, notice. All I have on my screen are grabs of you singing. <laughs> it sounds like you've inhaled some... Uh, s- What's you know some helium from mm. a balloon? Yeah. There's a, a bit of a high note there. All right, moving on. Want to get back into the Dustin Martin situation? And if you didn't get a chance to have your say before, one triple three five three is our number. How should Richmond handle the situation? A few tweets coming through. One from Cold Dogs. Sometime at a women's refuge may be a start, and a ban on alcohol. The Richmond Footy Club will at the moment be deciding how to handle the Dustin Martin situation after a 30-year-old woman made a complaint regarding his behaviour at a restaurant on Chapel Street. He threatened her with chopsticks. He said, I'm going to kill you. He was also seen to punch the wall near where she was standing. It's unacceptable behaviour. He's apologised for it, but what's appropriate? What's an appropriate response? Down in the southeast, Martin at Cranbourne. 
Martin. Hello, how's it going? Right. How's it going, guys? All good, um, mate. I think he should be treated just like you and me and everyone else. If he's done the wrong thing, he should wear the consequences. Now, I'm a full-blown Richmond supporter, and I love Dustin Martin as a player, but he's done the wrong thing. Now he needs to step up. Either the club needs to really kick his butt, mm. or the police need to find him for it. So uh, either charge him uh, or leave him alone, you're saying? Yeah, well, no, needs, something needs to be done. Either the police need to do something or the club needs to really do something. I think you're right, Mate. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, this, this is the type of behaviour that is pretty d- disgusting, to be honest. I mean, I, I take your point, Lawrence, that you were making earlier, that, you know, was it a serious death threat? No, it probably wasn't. But he shouldn't be making those sort of comments regardless when yeah. he's out in public to a young woman who's trying to enjoy her night as well. To what end, we go to Jade. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good, Jade. What do you think? Oh, look, I think it's pretty sad. I've um, I've been going back for Richmond forever, and I just think that this is just such a negative thing to put on such a good year we've had, and... I just think, you know, rein yourself in. Don't be going to stereosonic on your off-season when you're a professional football player. There's heaps of kids who'd want to be where you are, you know. And um, I think that perhaps they, yes, fine him, and I think maybe he should make a donation to White Ribbon or something like that, mm. get him counselling, just put him in track, you know. Yeah, well, he has made an apology to the woman, saying that he's uh, very sorry that um, mm. he caused her any concern. But... Um, you know, when you mentioned Stereosonic, are we kind of uh, suggesting that, t- that uh, Dustin was quite tired and emotional, as it were? I think Jade makes a lot of sense that, you know, there are things you can be doing on your off-season and maybe there's more important things than music festivals to be going to. But, I mean, the point here is, too, the actions speak louder than words. And the apologies, it's a good start. But I think Dustin would win a lot of... win a lot of more respect back if he was to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to accept some sort of suspension from the NAB Challenge at least, and perhaps dedicate some of that time to helping a white ribbon or helping a women's refuge. To Chris at Croydon. How you going, guys? Yeah, good, mate. What do you think? Good, How should good, Richmond mate. handle the Dustin Martin situation? Mate, you can't find him or suspend him because that's no good to him. He gets more money next week and he just plays more games because he's only 24. Send him down to a woman's shelter and make him real-world sort of situation where he understands the consequences of his actions. It's the best way to go about it. Yeah, I reckon that's not a bad suggestion in terms of awakening him to the realities of violence against women in this society. But he didn't assault a woman. Uh, he, he hit the wall beside her head. He made a stupid threat with a chopstick. So um, I'm not going to put him in the category of someone who is a perpetrator of violence against women just yet. Richmond have said they're going to make a statement later this morning, so we'll be keeping an eye on that, Lawrence. Also... Is anyone planning on going down to the Melbourne Magistrates Court today? I was following the situation yesterday after the arrests of the CFMEU leaders, John Setka and Sean Reid, and, mm. and there is a bit of a word going around that today roadblocks will have to be put up around the court precinct and that perhaps there may be, a, I guess, a show of support from CFMEU members for Mr Setka and Mr Reid. Mm. If you are a member... You don't have to give us a name. You don't have to say where you work. But just curious to see whether that is, in fact, happening. One triple three five three is our line or at MMM Hot Breakfast if you want to give us some information. The great Andrew Rule has wandered in. He'll be giving us the real world very shortly. Best think, intro on radio. I, absolutely. I think that you are a quasi-member of the CFMEU. You uh, you followed this story out to the Caulfield Racecourse yesterday where the CFMEU were having their Christmas barbecue and you said it was the greatest Christmas barbecue you'd ever seen. They had fair, fairground rides, fairground attractions. You got a free burger and a drink. So are you, you know... But it was a heck we of a party. We built this city. Yeah, it was a heck of a party. Well done to the CFMEU. I'll, right, I'll tell you more about the Christmas barbecue <laughs> yesterday. I was there in a slightly undercover capacity. CFMEU leaders John Setka and Sean Reardon will appear in the Melbourne Magistrates Court this morning on charges of blackmail. We understand that there are certain roadblocks in place. We've got a tweet at MMM Hot Breakfast of the Mounted Branch of Victoria Police on William Street with a large show of support from CFMEU members expected outside the Magistrates Court for this appearance. Martin joins us on the line. Martin, do you know anything about this? Yeah, morning, Um I just got some information yesterday that suggests that uh, 
the frisbee transport that takes uh, the prisoners into the Melbourne Maggies um, might may face some trouble getting in and um, possibly expected to be escorted by Vic Pop. So they would usually go in Latrobe Street at the roller door there. You're be, you're, you've heard that they are being advised to maybe seek a, another entrance to avoid what could be a bit of a protest out the front. Um, I'm not sure there is another entrance. Uh, the issue may be that um, there may be escorts required to get those trucks in and deliver, deliver those prisoners to, to court on time. Martin, thanks for your call. We also had another caller off air saying that a big group of CFMEU leaders were on the move towards the court. If you can see anything, please let us know. One triple three five three. A man who has covered everything in this town, including union disputes, is about to join us. The stories you'll read about. The stories you'll talk about. The stories you'll watch. Start here. On Triple M's Hot Breakfast, this is The Rule World. Associate Editor of the Herald Sun, Andrew Rule. Good morning. Pleased to be here, boys. Uh, union troubles, uh, no stranger to this area. I think back in 1971, Seb, uh, way back in the good old days, the bad old days, <laughs> they, there was a union problem in the Painters and Dockers. And uh, the boys were a bit keen to get rid of a fellow called Pat Shannon. And he actually got his marching orders, Lawrence, at the Druids Hotel around the corner here, which is, of course, now the Water Rat Hotel, just around right. the corner, when he was shot. Right, That's how so he lost his lost office in the Painter and Docker Union. And the Painters and Dockers is a decommissioned union, isn't it? It is. Outlawed. Oh, it's following out. the Costigan Royal Commission, It I was, think. and that, that's a beautiful segue, uh, because we will now talk about the Costigan Royal Commission, because 10 years later, Putty Nose Nichols, who was then secretary of the, um, of the union, uh, there was a bit of a problem. Uh, well, there was no problem with the painters and dockers, the fact that he had you know, many, many convictions and four aliases. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a problem. The problem for the union was he was called before the Costigan Royal Commission. But uh, the day he was uh, due to appear, can you recall what happened? Was he invited to explore his opportunities elsewhere? He did. He explored his opportunities 270 kilometres north on the Hume Highway where he was found shot extremely dead in his car uh, with a pistol beside him mm. and a note saying, blaming the rotten Fraser government and saying he'd rather, you know, shoot himself than right. appear at the uh, Royal Commission. It is widely held that he was encouraged to shoot himself. Right. Yeah. So the, the bad old days. They were the bad old now, days. Now, of course, we're, we're undergoing another Royal Commission into supposed union corruption supposed, at the moment. Yes. Um, how's that shaping up? Are, well, there, are there going to be any charges laid out of that? Oh, look... I don't know, but I think we should, we learn uh, the future by looking at the past. We all recall Norm Gallagher. Mm, uh, former head he, of the BLF, he had a, was he Federation. Was, when I was a, a labourer in the late 70s, blokes on sites would keep telling me about uh, Norm Gallagher getting all this materials to build holiday houses. Mm. And when I got a job at the age as a young reporter, I went into the insight team and said, excuse me. I'd like to tell you about this fellow, Norm Gallagher. He's getting lots of building materials. And um, they said, oh, run away, Sonny. You know, it'll be right. Anyway, sure enough, a year later, the balloon goes up and it turns out Norm has got the holiday house built down on McLaughlin Beach. I'm pointing, you know, east, uh, down near Sea Spray. Double story, um, 28 squares of very bad taste. But in it, I noticed when he, when he but all built at the right cost because well. it was done by the people that build the skyscrapers. And when he died, the fascinating thing was that his two children had a massive barney over his will because they were dividing up his tool shed. He had 26 electric drills, 26 electric saws. <laughs> True story. Absolutely. He had a huge number of tools which clearly had been donated to him by great Well, he's a man in the building profession. He wanted to be able to test the tools, make sure that everything was safe and above board. And that former office, the BLF office, is in uh, Ligon Street, right next to the John Curtin Hotel, if you want to go on a historical union tour of Melbourne. Well, there's a bit of union activity going on at the moment in this city, Lawrence. Dean joins us. Dean, were you just near the court precinct? Yes, yes, I just went past the magistrate's court. What could you see? Uh, There were about... Uh, 50 police in their high-vis jackets lined up side by side out the front and they've got bollards sort of blocking off the front of the court and the footpath there. So it looks like they're expecting a few more visitors than normal. Yeah, it looks like they're expecting somebody. Interesting. uh, I have been on a lot of those marches. I stood on the Guard of Honour for Martin Kingham 
outside the court. And, uh, yeah, it should be a, a good day for the boys, I'd say. All right, Dean. Well, thanks for your call. We'll put a call into Victoria Police as well. At MMM Hot Breakfast, we've been tweeted a photo of some of the police preparing for... A few visitors down at the Maggies. Of course, the CFMEU will call off the demonstration if there's inclement weather <laughs> and any danger in that uh, protest area. Indeed. Well, thank you for giving us a bit of a history lesson, Ruler. Uh, that's always a good thing. Also, the other terribly selfish reason I'm here, Sebi, mm. is because it's December. Christmas time. Christmas is coming. Oh, you got any good and present ideas? I, I have to say that the, they've been working overtime at the print works, printing new editions of the best-selling Hardback, uh, which is now paperback, the Kerry Stokes biography. Who wrote that the boy one? From, that was a bloke with my name. Ah, Similar name. No, I have that book. My you parents gave it to me for my birthday but back in February, and it's fantastic. This is the paperback brother-in-law version. Right, you buy this right. one for your brother-in-law yes. or your father-in-law. And okay. how long did you spend with Kerry to write the biography? I spent on and off. I spent many days over two years in various parts of the countryside. And um, very interesting man. Did no, he... It's... Did he open up? Did you get to know? He the told man? me a lot of things. <laughs> One of which he uh, he busted his finger. He was a bit of a union man. Busted his finger, possibly playing football. I don't right. know, and uh, or possibly at work on the Monday. But he got the good compo. He got two hundred quid or something compo, and that was the money he used to fly to Perth and start his life, where he became very wealthy. Right. So it's a great classic yarn. You couldn't make that up, could you? Yeah. So it's always about what you do next. It's the what opportunity, then what you do next. Unbelievable. Situation developing out the front of the Melbourne Magistrates Court as we speak. Police and bollards set up ahead of the appearance of CFMEU leaders John Setka and Sean Reardon. Joining us from the court's precinct, senior journalist with the Nine Network and the Today Show, Christina Hearn, what can you see? Morning, Seb. Well, I'm just standing outside the Melbourne Magistrates Court and I'm in the middle of the street because just in the last uh, couple of minutes or so, the CFMEU workers that have come here to protest have now blocked the street. So they're standing in the middle of the street and just a couple of metres away from them is a long line of police. They've set up a barricade and they are standing behind it. There's a couple of dozen or so. But I've also seen the the mounted police. Uh, They have arrived as well and they're just waiting around the corner uh, on Lonsdale. So uh, the union is expecting things to kick off at around about nine o'clock. They told me they're expecting about 5,000 workers here, but so wow. I can tell you they're a long way off that at the moment. They are streaming in, but it's just uh, a couple of hundred or so. Uh, but we'll wait to, a hundred or so, but we'll wait to see if those numbers do swell as the union uh, says these things can. But uh, police are prepared. So from your description, Christine, it looks like there's not going to be as much disruption to the court uh, as maybe the union wanted. They've, they've kept the way clear for people to come in and out of the court. People can still come uh, in and out of the court because I've set up those barricades. As to whether there's going to be a disruption, it's the CFMEU. And as we know in the past, these protests can get very rowdy. So there certainly could be... Uh, uh, disruptions. You just don't know. These things can go fairly volatile. And look, just as we speak at the moment, I'm just looking up the street and there is now a couple of hundred workers coming out, coming down the street with banners uh, flying the CFMEU flag, yelling, together united, we will not be defeated. So they're just another group walking down uh, the street at the moment towards the Melbourne Magistrates Court. You might be able to hear them in the background. I'll see if I can get closer they can hear it but that is certainly swelling numbers and as I said these things can uh, tend to get uh, volatile mm. pretty quickly but at the moment the police uh, have got the situation well barricaded there's a number of them and also as I mentioned the mounted police around the corner uh, you probably can hear that I'm just walking very close to them at the moment in the middle of their uh, in the middle of their group and you should be able to hear that yeah yes. well don't get too close Christine because you know how unpredictable these situations can be we recall the standoff with Grocon in Lonsdale Street just a few years ago where yeah it did get pretty hairy in there so you take care thank you for joining us on Triple M Christina Hearn from the Today Show thanks guys Seb one wonders what the union are going to try and achieve by this they're not going to uh, you know the charges aren't going to be dropped because of a protest so it's obviously to make a lot of noise to say that uh, we're still, you know, going to be powerful. And I just don't know what they want to achieve by it, to tell you the truth. Mm, yeah, it's all happening. I think Bill's on the line who is down there in the middle of the CBD outside the Melbourne Magistrates Court precinct. Bill, what can you see? Yeah, mate, I'm just around the corner in Latrobe Street and they've all just wandered past me, probably about 
450 of them. Gee, 400. They're all coming over the, the bridge down the Trove Street across the uh, Spencer Street light. So they're all coming in waves as they get across the light. So mm. yeah. how, there's a few of them coming. How is it affecting traffic and the arrangements around the CBD? Well, I just delivered next order there not long ago, and it, was, it wasn't too bad. But then all the boys hadn't got there yet. I wouldn't want to be there now. Bill, thanks for your call. All happening. It's all happening down there. It's part of the CFMEU's protest against the charges laid against their their secretary and uh, another member of their, their number. The leadership. So. And there's photos on at MMM Hot Breakfast on Twitter if you want to check out this situation as it develops. And Lawrence Mooney has a hotline to the Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull. And we are pleased to once again have the company of the Prime Minister. Mr Turnbull, good morning. Good morning to you, Sebastian, and good morning to you, Lawrence. Um, Sebastian and Lawrence, it sounds like uh, third-year drama school, doesn't it? Quite <laughs> proper names, both of you. But it's good to be talking to uh, the summer breakfast guys, and you guys really do rock Melbourne. Good on you. Thank you very much, Prime Minister. It's a quieter time of year. The parliamentary year is coming to mm. an end. What will be on the agenda for you as PM? Well, you're quite right, Seb. Uh, it is a quiet time of year as the parliamentary year wraps up. Of course, there's still plenty of time to encourage agile innovation and entrepreneurial endeavour in the startup sector. What does that actually mean? Well, I'm glad you asked, because what that means simply is that we need to be at the vanguard of the internet revolution, an interface with the rest of the world. It's an exciting time. Take the lead in the smart industries to have an economy built on science, to invest in our own ingenuity. Sounds very lofty. Can you give us an example of what you mean by that? What it means is design an app. Just design an app and make a shirtload of money and just move on. Get a, What's going to be next? We had Uber. They've dominated in the industry. They've taken the taxi industry by storm without a fixed asset. So what I'm saying to Australians is whatever you're doing, put it down and design an app. Right. Okay. Good advice. Uh, well, um, if the parliamentary year is all over, what about Christmas? Have you finished the Christmas shopping? Well, I actually, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying my Christmas shopping at the moment. I'm doing it online. Uh, of course, we just, I saw that Tony bought a fridge on yes, Gumtree. He did. Um, I don't shop on Gumtree a lot, but I don't have any problem with people that do. But uh, Tony and Marg, they've bought a nice Daewoo fridge for $300 on Gumtree. And I, I'm just wondering whether they're going through some tough times as Tony spent all of their money on budgie smugglers and barks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes I really do crack myself up. But no, I'm actually a very Christmassy type of person. Lucy will be getting a lovely string of natural pearls. Lovely. I'm going to buy, uh, maybe I should buy Tony some new budgie smugglers with an XPM written on it for a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Christopher Pine interpretive dance lessons. <laughs> I've always felt that Christopher had the dance in him, mm. and I'd like to see it come out. I think artistic expression can greatly help a minister with his portfolio. This is true. And I'm going to buy Bill Shorten some popularity. <laughs> well, <laughs> I should the... get him a, a voucher to have his, his mum's old Mitsubishi <laughs> detailed after that incident in Lagon Street. Yeah, well, he hasn't had a good poll, but neither of you, Prime Minister. I think you're down a little bit on last time, according to the latest poll. Well, I mean, the honeymoon will come to an end at some stage when the electorate turns around and they look at me and they think, what's Malcolm up to? Let's give him a bit of a kick because I'm very successful. I'm incredibly <laughs> wealthy. And uh, I think that people are going to turn on that sooner or later and think, well, stuff you, Malcolm. And I am going to lose a point here or there. Mind you, Bill, Bill Shorten is Mr. 14% at the moment. That guy's on a hiding to nothing. So... I hope he can hold on to the, the election next year. And, uh, but what is wrong with Bill? And what is wrong with his head? I've, I've asked it before and I'll ask it again. <laughs> I think it's a fine head for the opposition leader. Hey, just before we let you go, Mr Prime Minister... I I'm see, not going anywhere. Well, I see this... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I see this situation with Johnny Depp's dogs is dragging on. It was back in mm. court yesterday. The whole thing's going to go to trial, a five-day trial, I understand. Do you think you could well, just save uh, us the drama and step in as Prime Minister and put an end to this whole situation? Well, I would like to quash the situation, but I'm never going to interfere with the, the judicial process of our court system. And uh, I'd just like to say to Mr Depp and uh, his wife that Pistol and Boo uh, are welcome back in this country anytime through the proper channels. 
We won't have queue jumping by dogs or, or people. And uh, I'd like to say to Pistol and Boo, have a happy Christmas. Um, hopefully we can expedite matters. And uh, Johnny can come back here to make Pirates of the Caribbean 8, <laughs> 9 and 10. I don't know. Maybe it'll end up like Police Academy and they'll have Pirates of the Caribbean mission to Moscow. I hope so. Prime Minister, one last one to leave you on. I see that Mr Kanye West and his partner, uh, Kimberly Kardashian, have named their child Saint. What, what do you think of that as a child's name? Well, I think that um, when, when you call one child after a, a point on the compass, <laughs> North, I think that first child was called. Mm. And now you're taking it to a much more kind of ethereal level. I think that Saint is quite fitting for a rapper and a selfie taker. So good on them and, and good luck to both of them. They're, they're good people. And I'm going to put a selfie up on Insta today because I'm, I'm hip with the kids <laughs> when it comes to social media. I'm, I'm like the Troy Savan of politics. Thank you, Prime Minister. Malcolm Turnbull, as always, provided by Lawrence Mooney. We appreciate your time on Triple M. And I'd just like to say Triple M rocks the Melba Tunnel. Didn't this morning, unfortunately, Mr. Prime Minister. But there you go. Malcolm Turnbull once again joining us on Triple M Summer Breakfast. And it is a real opportunity to get into the big issues like the name of Kanye and Kim Kardashian's baby, Saint Saint West. They have certainly they like the one syllables, don't they, with North and Saint and all the rest of it. But well done to to Mr. Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull and well done to Lawrence Mooney as well, who always provides him. Lawrence, you are... It's quite difficult to fail. get a word in when you guys... Yeah, sorry. Me and Malcolm, obviously, pretty familiar yeah, with each other. So. Absolutely. Yes, no, but uh, he can't do anything about the Johnny Depp situation. No, but uh, clearly he's a fan of dogs and uh, I think that that's a great indicator of character. People Johnny that Depp. love animals, they're good people. And his wife, Amber Heard... We've learned anything in the last 12 months. It's that people with the surname Heard just yeah. need to stay away from the court. I tell you what, people with the surname Heard should keep a low profile because it's great rhyming slang, isn't it? What an Amber, what an Amber Heard. What? <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Mooney, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Indeed. Lovely to, to spend the morning with you and uh, we'll do it all again tomorrow. We'll keep an eye on that situation unfolding at the Melbourne Magistrates Court too with the appearance of John Setcat and Sean Reardon. This is Triple M. From St Kilda Beach to the MCG to your best mate's barbecue. Triple M's rock and